0: Hello, it is Friday, July 10th, can't thank you guys enough for choosing to listen to this show. I know you have a lot of other things that can penetrate your ear holes, and the fact that you let this do it, I am very thankful every single time. I will never stop thanking you, because I am appreciative as a motherfucker. <laughs> nice feel good Friday here, okay? Okay. Some great conversations, some good thoughts. Do we have some gloom and doom, potentially? One of our guests thinks so. I refuse to believe it because I'm an optimistic person. But damn, things are looking mighty interesting for this fall. We'll dive into all of that. Let's have a day. Hashtag this is where I'm at, Pat. We're making something awesome. Zito is literally working on it as we speak. Take a picture where you're listening. It's been an honor to be a part of this quarantine schedule for you. Who knows if we're ever going to come out of it? I mean, who no, It was originally two weeks and then a month and two months and three months. And the fact that I feel like we got through this together is really fucking cool. Hashtag this where I'm at, Pat. Go ahead and tweet that thing out there. Uh, and enjoy the day. Cheers. The Ivy League. Yes, the uh, group of nerds said that we will not have. Sports this fall, they become the first conference to say that they are canceling sports for the fall semester. Now there was a report that came out that said they won't make a decision until January one. Robin Harris, the executive director of the Ivy League, was just on Golic and Wingo with Golic Jr. and Jason Fitzmagic, and she was talking about the entire thing and she said that is not accurate. Like what the January first date is not accurate. We will continue to read and and see what's going on. She was then asked if a vaccine is needed for her to, and she says she has no idea she's just going off of what campus policies are basically so a lot of these ivy league campuses i guess you're only allowed 25 people in a a certain area you're only allowed so many people in a dorm profess some professors aren't even allowed to go back there's only a certain amount of people allowed back on campus and they view the student athletes as students first which makes sense because being a student is what's going to make most of these people almost all of these people money as opposed to being an athlete which is very different than every other conference that exists in the world but they are the first conference sports conference that has come out and said hey we are not going to have football this fall we will not have sports this fall and uh, we will make a decision later on down the road as things continue to unfold she was then asked have you spoke to other conference commissioners and what's their take basically and she said that her and the other commissioners have been on regular calls for the last couple of months trying to figure out and everything and she said that this is going to be a case-by-case basis depending on what the campuses' rules are in each conference she did not allude to the fact at all that since the ivy league is canceling this fall that any other conference is also deciding to cancel it seems as if this is very much going to be a school by school campus rule rollout on who's going to play who's not going to play and boy we're going to learn very 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 quickly what schools are very motivated by sports in the fall and what sports are not because i think there's going to be some schools that say no we're not going to do sports it's not worth it because these are our campus rules you can't have this person here can't do that can't have this many people in the place we don't care how much money it makes we don't care how awesome it is for our school how many more people maybe enroll in this school how much nicer our classes are we don't care about any of that we care about the safety of the student and then whenever one school says we care about the safety of our students and then another school says no we're coming back because we can do this this is what our campus is doing then what happens in the future well whenever you're recruiting you got to remember that this school wanted to kill somebody this school (laughs) didn't I mean it's just one big circus that's going to go round and round and I think college football and I, I don't like being a negative guy I'm not a negative guy I feel like I'm a rather positive guy. Yeah. There are some things I'm negative about. Cream cheese, sour cream. Hate them. Get them the hell away from me. Did a little wedding tasting yesterday. There were some sour cream and some cream cheese that oh. showed up and some things. I'll tell you what. They're going to make it because I'm uh, selfless enough to know it's not just me eating at the wedding. Mm-hmm. But, boy, I almost vomited right in front of an executive chef's face or <laughs> So there are some things that I, I am very negative about. But I feel like I'm rather positive. College football, I don't know how it's going to happen. Because you have people that don't give a damn about football. Or, or don't give a damn about whatever other sports are in the. That was very sad for me to not know a single other sport that happens in the fall on college campuses. I field can, hockey. Okay, there we go. Volleyball. night uh, volleyball. Volley. Uh, does it? Uh,
1: that's, that feels like a I mean, no, still, so I'm
0: not the only one. Thank you. Okay, so there's good question marks in here, but there's people field. on these campuses that will be soccer. Is it in Man. fall? That might be. in the That's it was, what I'm saying. We it don't was know. at Duquesne, so I figured. Okay, but. Yeah, I think it's in the fall. Soccer at West Virginia is in the yeah. fall, too. Because if I was going yeah. to play it, I would have had, that would have been a hilarious schedule. Would not have been where I'm at if I was to do it. And I don't know if I would have ever gotten in good enough shape to play, to be honest. Hmm. A lot of puking in those days. Win or lose, McAfee still runs with spring training rules. <laughs> oh. And that was a little bit of a bum. But it feels like people who aren't just football-minded and business of football-minded, they're going to be making these decisions whether the football people like it or not. In the NFL, you got football and you got the business of football that are going to be driving the return to football. So, they're going to bend over backwards however they can to make sure that the NFL comes back cuz it's business and it's football and that's all they care about. With the NCAA and college football, you got a lot of people that don't give a damn about sports, don't give a damn about football. That they are there to enrich and hopefully further um, educate students that choose to come to the university. They're going to be make admissions people you got uh, campus health folks, presidents of uh, maybe uh, presidents of schools. You got a lot of people that aren't just the athletic director and the head coach of a team making decisions there. And I think that is why it's going to be very difficult to get college football back. Because you got a lot of people that are like, uh, no, y'all could do it. Yeah, but when we sell like 120,000 tickets and we make a lot of money in those little classrooms that you have. They get much nicer whenever we do it. Yeah, but am I going to die because of that? Uh, I'm out. That, like, there's going to be so much discourse i think between those in in the college world there's a lot more opportunity for that as opposed to the nfl and the ivy league becomes first school to officially make it happen and and i don't i don't i'm not going to say that it feels like that's going to happen everywhere else but boy i feel like there's going to be some conversations from some people that don't care about sports with people that really live with sports and say hey it's not just about you right now there's a lot of other decisions that have to be made Joining us now is the host of the Business of Sports Pod, former package front office member, columnist for MMQ. Uh, is that Peter King's thing? Mm-hmm. And he's an executive at <laughs> Vayner Sports Media. Ladies and gentlemen, Andrew Brand. Yeah, 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 yeah. Andrew What's up, well we can talk about the monday morning quarterback thing but i don't want to talk about that now we got other things to talk about especially with your big brain in the world that we're currently in let's get into it the 35 percent escrow uh that got floated out in the media by tom pelisaro i do believe from the nfl to the nfl players i said that boy these next couple weeks are going to get contentious this is going to seem like there's gloom and doom whether it's talking uh the health and safeties of rolling back into an nfl season or just strictly the business side of this thing the NFL and the NFLPA I don't like to say this but I think it's going to get ugly in the next couple weeks do you agree in this
1: I agree Pat oh. see this remember this remember I told you this like a month ago <laughs> yeah you did that's true you did. we're gonna see the replay from baseball baseball was a two-part negotiation one health and safety all the protocols that was relatively the easy part and then it gets the money and that was the hard part and baseball never got a deal as you know they never got a deal the commissioner imposed a 60-game season. Here we are in football. They're dealing with the health and safety. That's still not done. They're trying to deal with the protocols. D. Smith's frustrated that players are still working out while he's trying to negotiate these deals while the NFLPA doc says don't have these workouts. And now they get to the money. And it came out from NFL media, their own source, that we're trying to get 35% escrow. Listen, what that means is... We're taking 35% of your number. If you make a million, we're taking 350000 And we'll give it back to you if all the revenues are the same. But if revenues are down 35%, you don't get any. If revenues are down 20%, you, you get 15% back. If revenues are down 25%, you get 10% back. This is a problem We're supposedly, like, two weeks away from camp. That's not happening. They're not going to get this done. There's no way. Now, granted, the MLB, they had an 11th hour, like, 10 different
0: times, and they finally just imposed the thing, and it looked ugly. And the MLB, when it comes to uh, people caring about much lower than when it comes to the nfl do you think and we talked to david Sampson, former president of the marlins and he just came right out and said oh yeah we lie about things in the media all the time scumbag just absolute scumbag he actually said that like do you think this 35 percent escrow thing like what the mlb was doing floating it out to see the response maybe and then they're like okay maybe we don't do that is that kind of how this is going to go the next couple of weeks you think a lot of floating out concepts and ideas to see how it's being received and then let's roll with it or how do you think this ever gets done like what do you think how do you think this process rolls out
1: yeah i absolutely think that's a roll out the float out that happens a lot with the nfl they float out things like they did that rooney Rule, where you get incentives for hiring an african-american that didn't go over well they pulled it they tabled it it's not there anymore listen i think that but i think more importantly pat it's an opening offer right it's an offer this is going to be a negotiation i said when they got this cba done back in march People thought, well, they're never going to negotiate again for ten years. Well, here they are negotiating again, and it was so.
0: hey, it was not a clean negotiation too. Just a couple of months ago, it's fifty-one forty-nine, fifty-one percent forty-nine percent by the NFLPA. There's still some players in that forty-nine percent that voted no that are going to remember that whenever this conversation happens. I mean, this is I don't think many people are talking about it enough because it hasn't like hit us in the face yet. These next couple weeks are going to be a potential. But I'm trying to remember this, Andrew. And you might, you might, I think you have a different view on this potentially. I think without a doubt, there will be an NFL season. So I have to remember that whenever it's getting very, very ugly publicly, whenever these two sides are negotiating. I think there's going to be a season inevitably because just people being focused on getting a task done. I think college football has a problem, but the NFL. Do you agree with that? Do you think inevitably there will be an NFL season?
1: I was. Very confident a few weeks ago. Oh, no! No, I'm not saying no. I'm not answering no. (laughs) But my confidence level is down. Let me just say something. I was very against the deal the NFLPA signed in March, and I was attacked. You know, people said, hey, he's trying to be the NFL executive director, NFLPA. And, yes, I've been contacted by that in the past. But, no, I wasn't trying to be that. You should And people thought I had an agenda. So, listen, they signed it, and you're right. It what's a hell of a way to go into an 11 year deal when 49.5 percent of your populace doesn't like the deal, and I absolutely agree with you. There are hard feelings, and this BS about well, the stars like J.J. Watt and Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson they're against it, but they you know they're fine. They didn't. They could have said the deal's fine. It doesn't affect us. But they're looking out for the the the, the big number of people. And to say that the stars are versus the rank and file, hey, that's, there's not half the league is not stars or rank and file. So listen, there will be blood in this negotiation. They're not going to accept 35% haircut. How much is the league going to try to impose? You've got two issues here that are affecting my confidence. One is health and safety. Two is financial. Will they work it out at the last deadline, whatever that is? Probably. But then you got this whole public health issue, Pat. The, the, the social distancing is the uh, opposite of football. I mean, you know, there's going to be droplet exchange. There's going to be viral load when whoa. these players play football. And what whoa. happens if you got oh, a... Wait a minute, Andrew, let's, let's, re-
0: let's rewind. I believe I've potentially had some viral load a couple times. What is viral load that you were referring to?
1: Whatever the doctors are talking about of transmission of the COVID disease.
0: Okay, loads.
1: (laughs) And that is going to happen. And I think these leagues are trying to decide what's our acceptable number of cases that maybe don't go so well. Everyone says, well, young and healthy people aren't going to have bad outcomes. Maybe you're right. But there will be some bad outcomes. Okay, so
0: do you think the Ivy League canceling their season persuade or, or sways anything maybe the players i guess maybe this this might empower the players even more to be like this is not safe look the the smartest humans smartest humans that we have they're saying no to this this is probably going to make it an even harder negotiation for the nfl when it's coming from the nfl players they're like look the ivy league's not even doing this how can we do this it is gonna get nasty how about the mls coming back though is that not the mls coming back good news you think
1: for football or does that not even matter at all Listen, MLS, MLB, NHL, and basketball, all good news now, right? (laughs) They're all going to start, I think. Are they going to finish? That's my question. Are they going to finish? Are they going to get these, like I said, these multiple transmissions where they decide we can't do this? And if they say we can't do this, does the NFL start? Think about this, Pat. MLB or NHL or NBA says, you know, in August 12th, it's not working. We, you know, we got to shut it down. It's not working. Does the NFL really start in that environment? I think that's going to be tough. I, I think that's going to be tough. I am not confident these four leagues starting soon finish. Andrew, at least, at
0: least one. Andrew, I love talking to you because you got <laughs> so much experience. But you I mean, you just—you brought me down there. You brought me down. You really
1: did. I'm not to be pessimistic but realistic. Listen, the chances are uh, we're going to have everything. <laughs> chances but are, if there's a if one of these leagues shut down, and you're NFL commissioner, and you see the MLB shutting down in August 12th, do you start?
0: Roger Goodell's a new Roger Goodell too, by the way. He's eating M and M's in the basement. He he's coming out and kind of being a little bit. I I mean I don't. That's going to be very difficult. I'm just going to act like it's not going to happen. Let's put it out. Let's talk about something else that did happen. A 12 year, half a billion dollar deal. You're an agent now. Uh, you're an executive at Vayner Sports. You were a front office member for the Green Bay Packers. You signed deals like not like this, but maybe. Did you sign the Brett Favre deal? Yep. Okay, so you have signed deals like this in the past. A lot of people talking, Andy Reid came out in his best uh Tommy Bahama, he said, to talk about this. He said that the deal is actually structured so that they can take care of other players and build a team around Patrick Mahomes and Patrick was selfless through this process while signing a $503 million deal which by the way I want him to get a billion dollars by this this is all said and done but what does setting up a deal for 12 years do that kind of maybe you can utilize the salary cap a little bit more so you don't get handcuffed by one big deal for the short, short term Jeez,
1: get it out people can't believe I'm saying this and I've said it all week and people are like how could you say this about a half a billion dollar deal I think the Chiefs got the much better end of this deal they've got the most precious asset in the NFL under contract for an NFL lifetime when I heard 10 years which is actually 12 years I'm thinking forget the number I'm thinking there's got to be optionality in this deal what do I mean by optionality he can get out like NBA players opt out after three four five years nope none of that he can have the market adjust if all these quarterbacks pass him by in three, four, five, six, seven years. Which they will. Which they will. And nope, not in that either. Or he can get some kind of cap percentage. It adjusts every year. Nope, that's not in it either. It's just a lot of money and he's not guaranteed and he's under contract and he'll never hit free agency or even get close to it. You know, Dak Prescott, Deshaun Watson, they're not doing 10-year deals. They're doing three, four-year deals. Half get a half a billion positive. dollars, Andrew. I, I
0: mean, you're signing a piece of paper for uh, now. Granted, Uncle Sam comes in there, and there's incentive base. Listen,
1: I, it's not Mike Trout, right? This is not guaranteed money. There are these options and rosters, and you know, everyone can say, "Well, they're never going to cut Pat Mahomes," but who knows? Pat, now the team, the team has uh, the the Pat taking take the risk. I know how much money it is, and by the way, that's with all the incentives. You know, whatever it is, four hundred something million dollars. But over the next three chill. years, Patty's making sixty three million, same number as Teddy Bridgewater, less than a guy named Ryan Tannehill. So all these things are going through, you know, what did he do this deal for right now? That's what I'm wondering.
0: Because it said a half a billion dollars. And if a piece of paper says a half, and now we have one week now, let's let's pivot to another guy who has $31.9 million sitting on a piece of paper if he wants it. He's got one week to do it. And everybody assumed that Jerry and Dak, they won't get a deal done until the last week of the franchise tag because you don't really, desperation kind of causes deals to maybe get made in a much more efficient fashion and people to give up a little bit more. Do you think they extend that? They get an extension done before this franchise tag hits? Or is Dak going to sign for 31.9 million dollars which by the way if i ever saw a piece of paper that came across i'm much different than dac i'm not as talented as dac nowhere near that but seeing a piece of paper that says 31.9 million dollars and say no nah, i'm not signing that is a massive gut sack move that i respect and appreciate so much but does it feel as if in your eyes they're going to get a long-term deal done before that franchise tag get, has to get signed next week
1: no Me neither. And, I think, and i think the chiefs deal is, is music to jerry jones ears he already has one of these deals. He did Tyron Smith like eight or nine years, but only two years guaranteed, and basically that's seven years team options. He'd love a deal like that. But Dak Prescott's people aren't doing that. I mean, they're not going. You, again, you can throw out the half a billion, and that's what the media jumps on. I get it. You know, it's exciting. It's a big number. But the, I did Brett Favre's deal for 10 years. We were thrilled. Forget We had the best player in the league under contract for 10 years, no matter what goes on. And mark my words, the market will pass Pat Mahomes by. It will. You if th- the cap is now two hundred and in five years it's four hundred, what do you think top quarterbacks are making? What are you th- making? Fifty. What, what, making 60. what
0: year do you think Patrick Mahomes people go try to renegotiate? Five, six.
1: Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> 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 what year do you think Pat Mahomes gets whispers from his buddies saying? Why'd you sign so long? Hey, Ryan Tannehill is yeah. making them out. <laughs> hey, look at this kid. Look at this kid that came out in 2022 that's about to make more new. you. know, these are these. I've been there. I've been there. It's going to happen. Um, let's talk about your Packers hey, team. By the way, Pat, you know what was the most uh, longest contract to ever sign with the Packers? a guy with your his pictures over your shoulder. His name is A.J. Hawk. <laughs> How long? A.J. Hawk was the fifth pick in the draft. We never picked that high, and that was before the CBA changed and all that. We had to do all these different escalators and things like that. A.J.'s contract was, like, 43 pages or something like that.
0: What? <laughs> Chin. That's what A.J. does, though. A.J. plays no games, dude. Listen, you draft that
1: jawline, you know you're in for it. A fight. You know, dude. That dude, that dude, we got to get on together, three of us. He came in to sign that contract— his agent said he'll be in there at 8 in the morning. I'm like, great. He comes in full-on sweat. <laughs> like, 8 in the morning, he's got the sweat. He's, like, dripping on me. Oh, yeah, I had to get a work at him. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, AJ, you got it. He's, an absolute, meathead,
0: it. he's <laughs> an absolute meathead, that uh, guy. He's an absolute meathead. Go ahead, Diggs.
1: We only got, like, a minute.
0: I had a question about Mahomes' contract. It says he gets $477 million in guarantee mechanisms. What is guarantee mechanisms?
1: Yeah, that's a word for <laughs> not real guarantees. James <laughs> Andrew, you are a bummer today, Andrew. Okay? I mean, he gets it if he's on the roster. I know everyone's gonna say he's gonna be on the roster, but if if he's on the roster at this time next year, it's guaranteed. If he's on the roster at this time next year, it's guaranteed. Those are I've never I've been around the business twenty five years. I've never heard guarantee mechanisms. Basically it's future roster bonuses
0: well Andrew we have to get back to our radio show here so we have to send you out I saw Peyton Manning get cut anything could happen ladies and gentlemen business and sports podcast host Andrew Brandt Thank Thank you, Andrew. Yeah, yeah. cheers you man so sorry to interrupt I just want to let you know that at my house at the office at the pub at Frank's apartment where he lives with a Dog that's about 400 pounds at Ty's new house. We all have the same thing. We all have the same security system that protects the house in a very easy fashion. We all have the same security system that is easy as just clicking on an app and then bang, having all the cameras that were set up in less than an hour all around our houses accessible. We all have simply safe. What's the number one sign of a bad home security system? A home security system is so complicated that you never use it. This is exactly the type of security system Simply Safe has spent a decade fighting against. They believe that Simple is safer, and it's exactly why SimpliSafe is home security for right now. When feeling safe at home has never been more important. Simply Safe was designed to be easy to use while protecting your whole home for twenty-four seven. Order online with the click of a button, open the box, place the sensors, plug it in. Your home is protected around the clock. No technician or salesperson has to come and disrupt your house. You don't need to pay any outrageous monthly fees or sign a two-year contract. SimpliSafe was named the best overall home security of 2020 by U.S. News and World Report. And their 24-7 professional monitoring and emergency dispatch starts at 50 cents a day. Head to SimplySafe.com slash Pat and get free shipping and a 60-day money-back guarantee. That's simplysafecom slash Pat to make sure they know that this show sent you. SimpliSafe, S-I-M-P-L-I-S-A-F-E dot com slash P-A-T, free shipping and a 60-day money-back guarantee. So you won't be sending anything back because of how incredible SimplySafe is. It's so easy to set up. It is so nice. It's, it's literally security done the right way. Shout out to Simply Safe, simplysafe.com slash Pat. And also, catch the content that happens around the house, you know, because any little motion, it starts recording. Maybe you do something cool. Here we go. Simplysafe.com slash Pat. Back to the show. Let's pivot. Let's go over to Yas Island, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> fight Island has become a real thing. Amanda told us all about the fight island, the fight world, and maybe a little bit of a uh, interesting situation with old Dana White because the comment section on Instagram, ladies and gentlemen. ESPN MMA Insider, friend of the show, Ariel Yay! Yeah! It's frozen. You got terrible Wi-Fi. Is that Dana White coming uh, after you? No, you're back,
2: man. You're back. Okay, you're here back. I am. Yeah, you're back. Hello, Pat. How are you?
0: I'm great. Ariel, how are you?
2: Let me be the uh, the last to congratulate you on the big deal that you announced yesterday. And can I just say, yes? Can I just say something? You know, I'm all about being a part of a team and helping out others. and that video that you posted, hooking up the boys with the the bags of money that that was tremendous stuff. That was probably the best content that you've ever put out there. So. Well done to you, my man. That was incredible.
0: Thank you. <laughs> Damn. Damn. The area. I don't know. I, thank that's you. The boys are pumped, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, boys are pumped. Oh, Great. Yeah. I've Have you seen Office Championship Wrestling? <laughs> oh. <laughs> to say that that's the best piece of content we've ever put out, look up Office Championship Wrestling. <laughs> Still think we should have won an Emmy, even though it was yep. not on television for that thing.
2: Uh, unfortunately I missed that episode, but I'm all about heartwarming things. I'm all about being a mensch. You know what being a mensch is, Pat?
0: You know what a mensch is? Hey, Shabbat Shalom, bro. A mensch is a good Thank guy. You. I know everything about it. Exactly. Deshaun Jackson, for mensch. instance, not a mensch. Uh, let's <laughs> yeah. get, let's get through this conversation though about Fight Island this weekend. We appreciate that. What help about out.
2: this Chuck Person t-shirt for you guys in Indianapolis? What about the Ooh. rifleman, Pat? Come on. Okay. What about him? Yes. I wore this sure. for
0: you. Big sports show. Couldn't even guess who that guy is. <laughs> Chuck Person, you don't know who the Rifleman
2: is? Former Indiana Pacers, oh, one of the all-time greats. The Rifleman? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I know the oh, Rifleman. Come on. okay, Sorry.
0: Fight Island this weekend is nowhere near the beach. Nowhere near the beach. It is in. It is in an indoor (laughs) arena, obviously. But there is a cage set up on the beach that is beautiful. I mean, it is absolutely gorgeous. The shot is beautiful. And a couple. I don't know if it was a couple months ago, a couple weeks ago when it happened. The comment just got sent in. uh, Ariel Hawani says that the arena is nowhere near the beach. Dana White says Ariel Hawani doesn't know Jack squat basically with the s word there and then as of last night they tweet out the venue and it's nowhere near the beach and you go wait a minute i thought how has this entire fight island transformed you think from thought uh like potential conception to what it is actually going to be how do you think how much of it has changed and is this basically what dana white's vision has been since the beginning you think
2: you know, Pat, you know how many times I've been right in my career? I've been right millions
0: and hey, millions
2: of times. And so you can add this one to the list. So this, let, me, let me just be very clear right here and now. This is a brilliant move on the UFC's part. The reason why they had to um, make this fight island, quote-unquote, on Yaz Island and Abu Dhabi a reality is because they couldn't get the international fighters to fight in America, right? So that's why we're getting fighters like Jose Aldo and Alexander Volkanovsky and Jessica Andrade and Darren Till and Robert Whitaker later on in the month because they've set this up. And they've actually done it in a great way. They, they've created this bubble atmosphere, a safety zone, if you will. The fighters are going to have to get tested five times in total. As you may know, the, the the main event got canceled late last week after Gilbert Burns tested positive for COVID-19. So they're doing everything right. The only thing I took issue with... With was you know the posters with the the cage on the beach and this, the 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 waves crashing and the palm trees. I just wanted to let people know that if you're tuning in on Saturday to uh, to see that kind of scene, you're going to be disappointed. But also, let me just say, if you're tuning in on Saturday just to see that kind of scene, I mean, go turn on Baywatch or something. Like, if you're a fight <laughs> fan, this this card is incredible. It's the best fight card of the year. So thus far, it's turned out to be a stroke of genius because the promotion was great. Everyone loves saying Fight Island, and in the end. The MMA gods were smiling down upon us because we got the fight that we wanted, right? We got Jorge Masvidal, red from the 305 Westchester Zone, the Ooh. man who grew up on the streets of Miami, fought in backyards on the undercard of a Kimbo Slice Ooh. video. And yeah. Now he's fighting for the belt after 17 years of this sport. What more do you want? You guys could sit around talking about your revenue sharing and your and your and your bubbles and all this stuff. We got fights going on on Saturday.
0: Pat. Come on! Hey, hell of a promo right there. I wanna let you know. That's how Dana White should be very pumped about you. He shouldn't be saying you don't know anything because you just cut kind a of hell of a promo for this weekend. Let's talk about this weekend. Gilbert Burns, never heard of him. Sure, he's a great fighter. Wouldn't want to fight him. Jorge Masvidal answering this fight in five days. He says he has to lose twenty pounds, and he just re-upped the deal. I think because there was a conversation about money with Dana White. It feels like what, like you said, the uh, MMA gods were smiling down on this. This potentially makes this a. Mu- now, Fight Island was awesome, but the fact for the casual fan like me or the casual fan like anybody else as soon as i hear this jorge masvidal is in there against uzman he has to take this fight last second i think that just ups the anticipation for this entire thing massively and now that jorge has got a new deal done with dana what is the future are both belts on the line here what what is the agreement that for jorge for his next fights or is that just all tbd we will pay you this going forward
2: Okay, well, I think you just asked me six questions in one. Why well, answer him, Ariel. I, mean, <laughs> I mean, all of a sudden, the guy gets a few dollars from FanDuel, and he thinks he can ask six questions in one. <laughs> it's um, a lot of dollars. All right, so, <laughs> yeah, not just know, a few. A lot, lot, lot of
0: dollars.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, first of all, Masvidal's manager clarified that statement with me yesterday. He didn't sign a new long-term deal. It was just basically a one-fight addendum, right? So he got paid a lot. He got paid what he wanted for this fight, but it wasn't a long-term deal. So I think that's important to note. Number two, um, yes, I agree this fight is infinitely more interesting. It appeals to the casuals, right? It appeals to everyone. Everyone loves Masvidal's story, BMF title, all that stuff. And I think they may have just added three to 500,000 more pay-per-view buys as a result of Masvidal. He is worth every penny that they gave him. Number three, the BMF title isn't on the line. I personally think it should be on the line. Dana White said that it's a one-off. That belt as, you know, kind of hokey and fugazi as it was and got people talking. People like talking about the BMF title, right? And, uh, I mean, obviously, you would never, you know, qualify. Someone like me with these 24-inch pythons would Ooh. certainly qualify. <laughs> I mean, you with those rinky-dink yeah, arms would never qualify for true. BMF you don't, title, you don't just but get they're to only being a
0: one-and-done, Ariel so you don't, won't be on the line. Ariel, you don't just get to say what other people's arm sizes are for yourself. Like, that's, not, <laughs> that's not how. With these 24-brother, you know, I'll come in with the pythons. But why... You have The Rock bring it out. I mean, The Rock yeah. is massive. They make a big deal of it. So that BMF title will never be on the line ever again. It was just kind of a one-run promotion there for Madison Square Garden? Here's where I
2: think it may return. If Masvidal wins on Saturday, he wants to run it back with Nathan Diaz, the guy who, by the way, created the BMF title You know, just out of nowhere from his mind, top of mind in the middle of the cage. I think if he wins, they'll run it back late next year, and they'll maybe figure out a way to say – it's a champion versus champion, or it's a dual title fight, first time in in UFC history. It'll be sort of like when the mega powers collided. You remember when you know um, uh, Macho Man and and uh, no, was it a mo- no? It was Macho Man and Hogan came yeah. together. So It'll be sort of like that. It- Actually, it'll be nothing like that. I don't know why I said that. Like that.
0: No, it's two two big names swinging at each other. Tough guys <laughs> and everybody knows. That the Diaz family is. One of the most impressive things I've ever seen as an athlete with the amount of vitamins that they inhale and the fact that they just swim back and forth to that island out there. What's that island out there in California? The jail island? Alcatraz. 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 And then they just, I mean, the Diaz family should be a case study moving forward on how, like how are these humans just the most badass humans existing? But let's talk about the BMF title this weekend and champion, which is Jorge Masvidal. A lot of people say Usman's going to beat the hell out of him. Like people that are smart in the fighting world say this is... Usman's fight Is that because Jorge came in Last second Now because we had A caller on our show And he sounded legit Gilbert Burns I think it was From Missouri Gilbert Burns Is a wrestler So mm. was Usman Potentially training For a very different style Than what Jorge Masvidal Is going to do And I bet on Jorge Masvidal As soon as this happened At like plus 230 Or something like that Is he going to win this thing Is there any chance He wins this thing Or is this a toss up You
2: well, first off, Gilbert Burns is more of a jiu-jitsu player. So, meaning he is great on the ground, but he's he's well known for his uh, his grappling, his submissions, things of like that nature, <laughs> that type of stuff. Yes, um, also that as well. Yes, uh, also. <laughs> uh, It is worth noting that uh, Usman and Burns were longtime friends and teammates, so they knew each other, and it was a bit of an awkward situation. I actually think this is better for Usman because he's going from someone he likes to someone he really dislikes. But yes, Burns and Masvidal are completely different fighters. Now, also worth noting, I know everyone's hung up on the short-notice thing, and it's worth talking about, but it's not a true short-notice fight because Masvidal was in talks to fight Usman on this date for months – you know, the UFC had been talking about this fight headlining July 11th for months. So it's not like he was sitting on the couch just, you know, eating potato chips or whatever. The guy had a premonition, even when the fight was taken away from him, that something might happen. You know, they call him Street Jesus. Maybe he's, you know, speaking to a higher power. So he kept, he kept training for the fight. So it's I think problem. that that's a good pick on your part. I think he's a live dog. And people are thinking that Usman's going to win because he's a tremendous wrestler. And they think they're going to they're see, you know, Usman ragdoll Masvidal. Let me tell you what. Jorge Masvidal is a very underrated wrestler he's got good takedown defense and i don't think that usman's gonna have you know the the cakewalk that people think he's gonna have at the end of the day could he win the fight absolutely he's a great fighter undefeated in the ufc but I think this fight is going to be a lot closer than people think.
0: A couple thoughts about him being Street Jesus and potentially getting words from God about what's about to happen. Troy Palomalu is a Hall of Famer because of that type of stuff. Like, that is literally how Troy Palomalu played safety for the Pittsburgh Steelers, is God told him things that were going to happen. He ruined my life and plenty of other people's lives. Street Jesus, this could potentially be happening, too. He knew what was going to happen with Ben Askren, who's a wrestler. You saw the video of him basically having a premonition as to what's going to happen. I mean, I kind of called it as well. But the fact that he th- thought and knew that this fight was going to happen, maybe he does happen have a little dmt connection with the old jesus Mm -hmm. and knows what's going to happen he put out that graphic that said full-time fighter i love that it's like hey i'm not i'm ready all the time whenever ben askren actually put out a tweet because i think two people said they'll step in for gilbert burns it was jorge and one other fighter who was the other fighter
2: colby covington
0: and ben askren said colby's lying uh, Jorge is not, and then whenever the fight got picked up, or like I feel like this has been a massive respect earned for Jorge Masvidal around the MMA community. Is that accurate in stating it?
2: A hundred percent. All the fighters love him, and they support him, and they like his style, and they also love that the guy, you know, has paid his dues. You're you're a supposed big sports fan, although you didn't know who Chuck Person was. I'm uh, the Rifleman, the Rifleman,
0: man. Yeah. the rifle man. Man. We the Rifleman, bro. Take it easy, dude. Okay, well, I'm just saying, brain.
2: like in what other sport do you see a guy who's been in the game 17 years and only now does he become a superstar right like usually year 17 you're you know you're kind of trailing off you're at the end of the bench it's looking a little sad this guy has turned into a megastar maybe top 3 biggest draws in the sport in year 17 it's absurd so everyone's happy for him but in Kobe's defense uh, my understanding is he really did want to take this fight They just never called him. They never offered him a fight because obviously Masvidal was the bigger draw and that was the fight that they wanted originally. So I don't know if Colby is is truly a keyboard warrior. He's a really tough fighter, but the UFC wanted Masvidal, they called him and they got the deal done.
0: Oh, maybe Colby and Ben Askren get after it then because that's what maybe that's what Ben. Ben's
2: retired. It reminds me a lot of when... Didn't people tell you that you shouldn't retire and then you should go on and yeah. get the helmet back on? Yeah. I don't Mike, remember who said Mike that. Mike
0: Wilpon. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Wilpon. You sure heard what Dan Maziano said just a couple of oh, weeks ago? Man. I mean, it never ends. It never ends, Ariel. It never, ever ends. So my money's safe on Jorge. Is the 20-pound cut in five mm-hmm. days that big of a deal?
2: No, not 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 for, for Jorge Masvidal. This guy's never missed weight. Uh, he's a pro. The one thing that does give me a little bit of pause is the fact that he had to fly from miami to vegas on sunday and then he had to go from vegas to abu dhabi 13 hour flight stop in rio for some reason he decided to have a pizza in rio because he said actually no he stopped in rome excuse me because he said when in rome uh you have to you know Pizza. i mean he's smart He's smart you know street jesus um but they said he's okay i checked in with his team yesterday and uh they said that they're they're on target and they have no uh they have no fear that he's gonna Miss, weight. The weigh-ins are tomorrow morning, 9 to 11 a.m. Eastern.
0: How do you feel about the timing of it? They're doing it, what, 6 a.m. local time so that we can watch it, 10 p.m. our time? I would assume Jorge's team is just keeping him on the Eastern Standard Time Zone throughout this entire process, sleeping during the day, up at night. Was that ever a thought to do this thing in the middle of the day like the World Cup does (laughs) if games are over there? WWE, when they have their uh, crown jewel in Saudi Arabia, they have it in the middle of the day. Was there ever a thought for that for Dana, or was he big-time like, hey, we don't care about the local time let's go whatever america is
2: yeah because first of all there are no fans right so you're not turning off the local crowd by doing it in the middle of the night and also historically when you do a pay-per-view in the middle of the day it bombs Mm -hmm. Uh, people are used to watching ufc fights Saturday night, 10 p.m. Eastern main card, etc. And he doesn't want to confuse people, so uh, I think it was a smart move, and it doesn't affect the Masvidals and Usman's of the world because all they have, they just got there, so all they have to do is just stay on their their local time zone, and they'll be fine. It really does affect, in my opinion, you know the Volkanovskis, who's from Australia, or some of the other European fighters on the undercard, because they're. They're used to, like, th- this is their local time zone. Now, now they're going to have to adjust and get off that time uh. zone. So that's a little funky for them. Like, could you imagine walking to a fight at 5, 6 a.m.? That's And plus you have to wake up several hours before and get warmed up. It's it's a tough spot, I feel, for them. But um, for the American fighters, I don't think it will be an issue.
0: Ariel, we have to get to a break on radio. Will you stick with us for YouTube?
2: Absolutely. But I, I charge, for YouTube, I charge so it's <laughs> around 50000 per a
0: minute oh you want a backpack that's what it sounds like <laughs> <laughs> it seems like that's going to be the new thing with me and i kind of walked right into that <laughs> i'll get your backpack dude let's see how f- i did i was going to swear there we're not on youtube i mean let's see how good the conversation is i'll tell you whether or I'll not or right? is it backpack worthy we'll find I'll out so <laughs> youtube.com forward slash the pat mag for sure the conversation with ariel hawani continues we're going to break on radio clear ariel i'm tired of your fucking shit <laughs> <laughs> Joking. Um, is there is there any other like when you say war, showing up to a fight at five a.m. or six a.m. like in Pittsburgh, South Side. 5 a.m., 6 a.m. If you're walking around, need to keep your head on a swivel. Probably a fight coming anyways. It's going to be a couple of zombies. But that would be a very interesting thing for the local fighters over there. And I think the last time you were on this show, you said Fight Island was created for the international fighters. American fighters will fight in a basement in Las Vegas, and then the international fighters will fight on Fight Island. There's a lot of Americans fighting now over on Fight yeah. Island. Is that just because the card kind of fell how it was, or is that just...
2: well, Well, for two reasons. Number one, like you know it takes two to tango right so like if you needed one international fighter to be a part of a fight for example Volkanovski versus Holloway the co-main event Alexander Volkanovski is based in Australia he's the featherweight champion Holloway is based in Hawaii you couldn't do that fight in America so this is the best place for it and then the undercard has a bunch more international fighters and this is one of four cards that is happening in in July in Abu Dhabi so you've got the 11th of July the 15th the 18th and the 25th and those cards as well. There there are some American fighters on the card. Make no mistake about it. But there's a ton of international fighters. The UFC was sort of you know, running out of options with just doing these uh, these shows in America. They've done a great job. I don't want to take anything away from them. I know some people are saying that I'm being a hater by calling out the fact that it's not happening on the beach. I'm just telling you like it is. Helwani <laughs> nose, Pat, isn't just a gimmick. It's a lifestyle. And it has nothing to do with the size of my nose, even though some people like to think it does. It has to do with the fact that, you know... I'm a sure thing. When I tell you it's going to be one way, it's going to be one way.
0: I got a massive sniffer as well. Is Dana going to live just over there for the next four weeks? Is that so, that's yeah. what that's And he's just going to live Eastern Standard Time Zone for the next month <laughs> in Abu Dhabi. Well,
2: well, to be honest, I haven't asked him what his plans are in terms of his sleeping <laughs> well, schedule. Well, let's talk but, about it.
0: Let's think about it out loud <laughs> here. He, he's going to have to do that. That is just... And are you and him still beefing right now? Is this a beef? Is you, are you and Dana White, white no. beefing?
2: No beef. I'm all about love. I'm all about uh, harmony and unity. I'm all about those kinds of things, Pat. So there's no beef on this side of the fence. I don't know about his side of the fence, but I'm Gucci. Look at me. I'm sitting in a, in a spare bedroom uh, and, and, and about to you know cover one of the biggest shows of the year happening you know halfway across the world, and I'm sitting here in my shorts wearing a Chuck Person <laughs> t-shirt. <laughs> the I mean, what's, what's better than this?
0: Nothing. Ariel, we appreciate you, man. That wasn't worth $50,000, but it was good.
2: (laughs) No, it wasn't. I kind of felt like when you asked me to stick around, like we were going to, like this was going to be the real conversation. Like, oh, I broke through the threshold of the radio spot. Now Uh. I'm getting the YouTube, like, uncensored spot. But you asked me, like, two sort of subpar questions, and then you just told me to go.
0: To be honest, I don't know enough about the sport to ask you a good question. You know what I mean? Like That's is... it.
2: you got nothing else. You don't know anything about Paige Van Zandt. Oh, yeah, okay. Oh,
0: she's going to lose. I was told she's going to yep. lose. I was told Paige Van Zandt's going to lose. She's one in – two in her last three fights or something like that she's kind of, I don't want to, somebody on, this is a phone caller by <laughs> way. this is another phone caller maybe from Colorado this time he told me Paige Van Zandt's going to lose is that—is there any other fights uh, that you think are going to be a little bit awe, like awe inspiring a little bit of uh, what? Well what Paige
2: that? Paige is a fascinating one because this is the last fight of her contract, a lot of UFC fighters don't like to roll the dice and test the free agent market she is testing the free agent market she thinks she deserves a lot more money than she got, she got really popular, she was on Dancing with the Stars back when it was like a real thing to be on dancing with the stars and people really love her she's got like millions of instagram followers and all that stuff but the other fight that is worth noting there's two i'll, I'll say them very quickly pyotr Jan is an incredible fighter he's fighting in the tri-main event for the bantamweight title this guy's going to be a star and i suspect he'll win the belt on saturday and thug rose nami unis the former strawweight champion of the ufc is returning for the first time in a year and a half one of the most popular fighters and fun fighters she's been through some personal issues but she's back to rec- uh, you know, reclaim her spot at 115. I'm very excited to see her back.
0: Uh, there's no such thing as a tri main event. Just want to let you know that. Yeah, you can have your tea all you want. There's no such thing as a fucking tri main event. I mean <laughs> What? There's
2: that's... three title fights on the card. You got the main, you got the co
0: main, you got the tri main. No, there's main event. That's the reason why it's the main event. And then there's the co <laughs> and then there's the tri. No, no, there we go. There's no in this particular case there is a co-host happening between guy who knows fighting and guy who doesn't know fighting, but in my dumb eyes there's no such thing as a try main event. That, that is just not a real right.
2: thing. To be honest, I've never heard of that term. I just tried to salvage it because I was driving <laughs> and I didn't know what else to say, so I just made it up. Hey,
0: you can do that anytime you want yeah. on this show, brother. I appreciate it. Ladies and gentlemen, ESPN MMA Insider and reporter and stud Ariel Helwani. Yeah. 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 Men. Christ, oh man. Thank you, Ariel. You're the man. Thanks, guys. Thank you. He's awesome. Mm-hmm. I mean, what the fuck was I supposed to ask him? I think we covered it all. I think we covered What do you want from me? The a big fight show. Fuck. So, sorry to interrupt, but I need to tell you about the greatest shorts to ever exist. Okay, everybody knows I got big thighs. Skies out, thighs out. Quad father. All these things. So, finding. Shorts is not easy. It's not easy to find shorts that fit. It's not easy to find things that are comfortable and move with me and have the liner inside that acts as boxer briefs, but is even more comfortable because it's not actually a part of the. You get it. It is bird dogs. Bird dogs are gym shorts with a built-in silky soft inner liner that makes underwear obsolete. Ha! Obsolete. They also make the best pants that I've ever worn. When you put these shorts on, you're gonna be like, hey, I understand way back in the day, way back in the day, they tried to make the bathing suits that had the thing that held your kit and caboodle together. They were trying to eliminate underwear so you didn't have to get your underwear wet when you jumped in the pool. Well, Bird Dogs came along, revolutionized it, and made the most comfortable thing ever. You don't have to put on underwear and you can wear these shorts in the gym, you can wear them in the pool, and you can even wear them to an office meeting if you have to. They look damn good and the pants are Fantastic as well. Right now, you go to birddogs.com and you enter promo code Pat, and they'll throw in a free pair of nunchucks. Yup. You heard it. Nunchucks. You'll get an actual murder weapon along with your pair of bird dogs. That's birddogs.com, promo code Pat, and boom, free pair of nunchucks with your pair of bird dogs. You'll not take these things off, I promise you. They are fantastic. I worked out on them today. I'll sleep in a pair tonight. You'll enjoy the hell out of them. Birddogs.com, promo code PAT. You get a free pair of nunchucks. Hoi! I just got a glimpse of the human that's about to come on the show. This is a good-looking son of a bitch, you no. Know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. This guy's played in the NFL for 17 seasons. He's currently a free agent. What will he be doing next year? And let's break down some quarterback contract that happened yesterday. Ladies and gentlemen impeccable hair on this guy as well. Josh McCown.
2: Yes! Yes!
0: Yes! You look unbelievable. Are you muted right now too? This could be tough. This is not good. Oh my God, Josh. No. Oh, uh, Josh. Oh, uh, you got to pick it up. Is it laying it on something?
3: they laying on. on. Yeah. yeah.
0: Let's go. There we go. Is that a picture Perfect. from every single team you've played for behind you there?
3: Uh no that is that enough pictures no <laughs> there's what, no chance of pictures what are
0: you up to man um, what have you been up to this offseason where at
3: um been back and forth a little bit in Texas seeing some family and then uh, and then here in North Carolina
0: uh y- yesterday um, yesterday you went viral maybe you're the new best tweeter on all of Twitter. You asked a simple question to this 10-year deal that Patrick Mahomes just signed, which by the way, unheard of, had no idea this could happen in the NFL. Happy right. it did. But your reaction whenever you I thought it was fake. I thought it was a lie. I did not think there was going to be a 10-year $500 million deal in the NFL. Patrick Mahomes is a guy I assume you agree deserves it though.
3: Absolutely. I mean, I think just he's got a championship. You just what the tape tells you alone without the championship would suggest that he's going to be a long-term franchise guy. And uh, I think from the team standpoint, it makes sense for them because they can now forecast their books. Uh, We've seen these teams that sign these franchise guys that, you know, like the Seattle Seahawks where you pay Russell and then now you struggle to kind of get back to where you were pre paying him. You know what I mean? So, uh, so I think this is uh, very smart on both sides from Pat's side to say, I want to, I want to continue to be, competitive and win championships, but also from the club side of being able to go, okay, let's forecast our books out. That way we can build a team around Pat and know what we're going to have for the next 10 years. So I think it's good for both sides. It's great for the sport. Um, I know you and I can both say this as players that we've always watched the the ticker at the bottom. And you watch the NBA guys sign and the MLB guys <laughs> sign and you are like, why are we having contracts like that? So I think it's kind of cool for us to look look at that ticker and see, and see uh, Pat um, do what he did.
0: Okay, so this is an interesting thought that I had whenever Andrew Luck was about to be up for renegotiation. I was like, you know, Andrew is a super conservative guy. The way he lives, he he's doesn't, like, go out and spend. He rides a bike, literally. I mean, he was like this super, like, hipster almost guy. I said, Andrew's potentially—and he got his ass kicked the first couple of years he was with the Colts. I said, Andrew's potentially the first quarterback who's up for a contract, who says, you know what, don't pay me as much. I would like that money to be spent on the offensive line or around me so we can have a good team. Now, that didn't happen, and I was told that I was incredibly naive because there's no way agents or the NFL pa will let a quarterback take a lesser deal because then the quarterback behind him now has to take a lesser deal because of it it feels like with this deal pat was broken off and it was team friendly as well i have no idea how they came to this conclusion but i think it was a brilliantly crafted contract for them
3: exactly and i think we'll see in the coming days a lot of times uh, the devils and the details and the structure of these contracts is what matters the most and, it, and it's what allows teams flexibility and so I think when we see structure that'll be key uh, but obviously I mean when you give up this many years the reality is could Pat have made more money had he gone three or four years at a time absolutely I mean that's just that's that's uh, you know that's the market that's the free market I mean anytime you can hit the market you're, you're going to maximize your value but at the same time I do believe just what you said He's taking that into consideration. He's saying, how can I help my team? How can I I compete for championships year in and year out? And I think this is going to allow them to do that. Um, It'll just be interesting to see how they they spend that money, because I'm with you. I I think conventional wisdom for some people would say, if you're a franchise guy and you want to win, and it seems like Tom Brady had done that in New England, kind of set the template for that, is let's take less money and, and put a team around, but... You look at New England and, did, and how much did they really put in the people around them? It's yeah. not like we're not sitting here going, man, they spent, you know, $15 million a year on receivers all the time. They really didn't do that. So it's hard for a quarterback then to say, yeah, I'm going to give up as long as you're going to invest in people around me. Um, so that said, I, I, I do believe Kansas City will do that. I think they're an aggressive organization that wants to continue to win. They've got And they've got players on deck that they're going to have to pay. You know what I'm mean? saying? <laughs> that, that, that roster is, uh, is not short on talent. And there's going to be guys that they need to pay. And I think this is going to give them the flexibility to do that.
0: A lot of trust there by Pat and Kansas City and Kansas City and Pat, by the way. This, this is That's why it's so abnormal because that that's trust between both sides there.
3: And I think we enjoy that. I mean, I, I know I appreciate it. It's cool to see that. Like, let's come together and work to 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 do the best for both sides so that we can continue to win games. And it kind of gives you the feeling that, you know what, while it is a business and never forget that, there is a team aspect to this that maybe we're we're capturing a little bit with this deal and with Pat that you know what we want to do the best thing for both of us moving forward so that we can continue to bring the best football we can to Kansas City.
0: Let's talk about, I'm going to put you in a terrible position here, but the Chiefs in the future are going to have to make decisions, right? That's just what they're going to have to do with all their weapons. As a quarterback, and you've probably seen the way their offense runs, even though you're busy on every other offense, you've probably been in that offense five different times, probably five different teams, I assume. Right. What is more important? Having a guy like Tyreek Hill who can speed kills matchups, he can kill every single matchup. Travis Kelsey who is going to get paid here in a couple years. He's going to need some money. He's going to be 32. you got a lot of horses in there that are going to need to be paid. As a quarterback, if you're Patrick Mahomes, which all of them is obviously the answer, but what is that role? Who do you see getting that payday, and ultimately who do you think is going to end up having to go get money somewhere else?
3: Golly, that's a great question. I think just the conversations that I've had with DBs over the years, like when we're getting ready to play, play a team, and let's say it's a big receiver, there's not as much nerves. When it's a big guy, it's a tall, physical guy. Now, I like throwing to a big, tall, physical guy personally. That's that's uh, my preference. But DBs will tell you speed scares the crap out of them. It keeps them up on, on Saturday night because because the, if that guy gets by you, you're done. You're cooked. And and you talk about a guy like Patrick Mahomes who can stretch to the field with his arm. So I would think that Tyree Kill and the guys that have the speed are the guys that will hold the highest value to that organization. Um, I think Kelsey's an unbelievable player. But when it comes down to like having to pick, it's going to be hard. And if his number is such that they can't afford it, it would be hard. I, I would just – it would surprise me if they didn't pick speed because it fits Pat's skill set. Um, but you're right on the system. And I think Andy Reid proved that in Philly and everywhere he's been. And the number of quarterbacks that have played in that system and has been successful, Andy Reid can do that. And now he's got an uber talented guy that can exist in that system and and highlight everything about it. So I think speed is the key for them. And so I think as you see them moving forward, they will latch onto that and continue to draft speed and continue to re-sign speed. And so Tyreek Hill and those guys would be my focus.
0: And how about Andy Reid, by the way? I put out a tweet yesterday, like, good for Andy Reid, man. Just good for <laughs> so long, Andy Reid couldn't win the big one, right? That was the thing. Yep. Andy Reid, good coach, loved by everybody, has a great collection of Air Force Ones, loves burgers, like every, loves the guy, everybody loves a great mustache, but just can't win the big one. Now, he made a very aggressive decision. He said, no more Alex Smith, who almost had an MVP year. I'm going to go with this young kid who only played one game against the Denver Broncos, and we saw him in practice just light everything up. This is what we're going to do going forward. Now he has a guy until whenever he wants to retire. And the thought is, if Andy Reid and Veach are both gone by the time this contract expires, is that something that he should even think about at this point, or just say, "Hey, we'll figure that out if we get to that point down the road"?
3: Yeah, I would think so. I mean, um, obviously, I think the only reason they would be gone is probably for retirement. Because if you're if you have if you're if they're struggling in a situation where they they both have to be fired then you probably shouldn't have paid Pat all that money. <laughs> yeah. So um, so I think they'll be there forever. I think Andy Reid, for me, other than Bill Belichick, is probably the, the best coach we've had in the last 20 years in the National Football League, especially from an offensive standpoint. And for me, having spent the time I did in Philly and just listening to the stories of the type of person he is and how he conducted himself within the organization, I'm with you. Uh, I'm, it's a kudos to him. I'm super happy that he that he finally got a championship. But I think we're going to see a lot of great offensive football come out of Kansas City because you have the best offensive mind that we've had in the last 30 years, and Andy Reid, and probably the most talented guy that we've ever had to play the position together. And so these these uh, next few years, especially, are going to be fun to watch.
0: What is it like whenever like a guy like Andy Reid is drawing up plays for a Patrick Mahomes? It feels like, because if you watch Tyreek Hill and a couple of those things, He goes, he motions from the right side to the left side, back to the right side. Then he's in motion and he's gone. It's like Andy Reid is a beautiful mind on a dry erase board. He's like, all right, we got a guy here who's fashioning everybody. Let's just go ahead and run him. He'll just do one of these. (laughs) And then we'll have Travis Kelsey just do one of these. And then we'll have our quarterback sprint backwards 25 yards, and then he'll just throw it off his back foot as far as he can to somebody. That has to be so much fun for Andy Reid. He can do anything that he's ever dreamed of. Any play he's ever thought of is now capable whenever you have a guy like Patty Mahomes as a quarterback
3: exactly I think there's a fearlessness that comes with that and uh and that's what Andy Reid has always had this this let's draw something up and most of the time that happens Pat offensive coaches will do that and it'll look good and everybody in the room will be oh man that's cool we ought to try that and then there's this Well, but what if what if this happens what if that happens and all this all the could go wrong start start coming up and it doesn't get put in. And I think Andy is the opposite. And you just mentioned it a while ago. Like going from Alex Smith to Pat, there's a fearlessness to that of going, you know what, I believe in what I see and what my mind knows. And I'm gonna I'm gonna move forward with this young quarterback. It's the same thing with his plays. He draws these things up and he goes, Man, hmm, maybe nobody's done that before. But I believe in what I know I can do. I believe in the players that I see, and we're gonna go do it. And we've seen this over and over again. It's the most fun tape to turn on. Is is the Kansas City tape, and to watch what they're doing, and to watch how they're stretching the field with the talent that they have.
0: There's a lot of coaches that say we're not leaving any bullets in the chamber, and then they come back with a fully loaded gun because whenever push comes <laughs> to shove, they don't pull the trigger. That is a very different operation. Whenever it comes with Andy Reid, it seems like any trick play, they're going to pull it. They're going to do it. They're going to do whatever they got to do. It is it's great for the NFL too. By the way, that these two are paired for at least another however long Andy Reid wants to coach for at least another ten years. Great for the NFL. Great for the spectators and a lot of people are saying there's a chance that they potentially need a veteran quarterback to be a backup there that's that is potentially what some people are thinking and i know that there's this guy he kind of looks like the incredibles or like the all-american bad guy <laughs> yeah. and he's real handsome he's currently a free agent what do you have going on josh are you going to try to get back in this thing or are you just going to take it one day at a time
3: here no i'm just i'm just one day at a time man coach of the high school um you know, and just shoot. At this, at this point, we're all kind of waiting and seeing. Um, you know, what's what's going to come with this next season. Hopefully, we get we get everything safe and healthy, and we can play football. But uh, yeah, I'll, I'll just wait and see what happens. I'm enjoying really working with my my sons this off season and a couple of quarterbacks and and training those guys and um, and we'll see. And uh, you know, it, it, it wouldn't it wouldn't be a bad idea to hang around Kansas City and go watch those guys. <laughs> I know that much. You know what I mean? Just to sit there on the sideline and and uh, and you know just enjoy the show that they put on would, would be would be super cool. But yeah, you never know. Um, but right now, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna hang tight and and see what happens.
0: Josh, is there anyone more happy than the backup quarterbacks not having preseason games this year and not having to be behind <laughs> a line of guys that probably aren't going to make the team?
3: Oh, I'm telling you, like. It's funny when you talk about guys like, like myself that have kind of been career backups or whatever and, and getting into the preseason and just knowing that, especially if you have like maybe a young draft pick behind you or whatever and they're evaluating you, you, you feel pretty good about your roster spot, but they're still evaluating you. And, and you know that the evaluation is dependent upon the guys around you as well. And so you have to, you're in the huddle kind of babysitting these dudes and telling everybody what to run. And you got this and you got that. And then you're hoping, like, after you've told them what to do, that they can actually physically execute that. So there's a stress level that comes to the preseason for, for, for veteran backups, for sure. And uh, and so, yeah, if there's no preseason, I think that, that makes a lot of dudes sleep easy.
0: I, I said uh, whenever the conversation came up about the NFLPA voting on preseason, I said, I'll tell you what. I, I bet you there's a hundred percent no, sir, on that one. If it was to ever be held by players, and I think that would go back maybe fifty years. If players were like, "Hey, do you want to play any of these games that mean nothing, that you get paid next to nothing for, and potentially die in?" Uh no. Okay, good. <laughs> Let's just move forward. That, that is. Oh, what, that's what it yeah, is. I mean,
3: it's the worst. Like uh, a few years ago, we're in Cleveland, and they're like, "Hey," and I and uh, I think it was the year. I don't know which year it was. Maybe RGD was going to be the starter. And they were like, hey, we're going to play you guys in the fourth preseason game. And I was like, in the fourth game? And they're like, yeah, we're playing in the fourth game. And I was like, all right, well. And they they were like, don't get hurt, but play. And I'm like, you can't do that. Like, this football. Like, to walk out there and go, hey, don't get hurt but play really good football doesn't work. So it's like you're – as a quarterback, your shot clock is like – you're just catching them all like, oh, throw it away. <laughs> just <laughs> catch it, throw it away. I'm like, all right, well, I didn't get hurt, you know. So it, it's, it's – yeah, like to get rid of those games or, you know, there's no – guy, there's no player, there's no veteran player that enjoys playing in those games. I know they're beneficial for the young guys, and I appreciate that. And so if, you know, if there's a way to kind of make that happen for the young guys where they're just playing and we can evaluate them – that would be great, but but the older guys, man, it's 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 no fun. Nobody likes that. Hey,
0: whenever I would go out there to punt in preseason, man, because you got a guy who's probably never gonna play football a day in his life ever again, playing right wing, right? This guy. And he's going, it's a lot easier to block a punt than block for a punt, right? I mean, it is just no two, two very different things. Those preseason games, that ball would get snapped to me, and as it's getting snapped to me, I would hit it. That, that, like as soon as I it was just get me the hell off of this field I'd walk off the field and my coach would be like "Uh, let's hope you get it figured out by next week I'm like don't you worry about it I gotta figure it out yeah, I, I am getting there I got this all figured out at this point I mean I got flipped on HBO once guy made a team because of it because he blocked a punt for the Cincinnati Bengals I forget his name he made the team though and they showed me in slow motion flipping in the fourth preseason game I'm like well there's potentially a broken leg for me <laughs> happy that guy made the team I'm happy for him uh have you played any um you played any hoops lately, Josh?
3: No, I have I mean I've shot around with my kids a little bit. Um, you need to no, dunk on those kids. No, yeah, hey. th- th- I'm getting the hamstring fully recovered oh, yeah. before I go there full court. Go. Oh, yeah. But um but but I'm I've dunked a basketball, so we're getting there. How tall are you? We're getting there. Six four. Damn. Big body. Just being 6'4
0: and handsome 17 years in the <laughs> NFL. though. <laughs> about acting? Yeah, are you going to act? Like, what are you going to do? Maybe model? What are you going to do? I,
3: I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what, uh, Dilf what kind of is looking for kind of model. Yeah. GQ. Uh, I mean, at GQ,
0: potentially, yeah. Josh. I mean, it's next level. Uh, whenever you figure out what you're going to do, will you let us potentially announce, like, the information?
3: Let's break it on the Pat McClendon. Yeah! yeah. yeah.
0: Come on, come on. Ladies and gentlemen, yeah. the handsome model, 17-year NFL quarterback and potential backup quarterback for your team next year. <laughs> Ladies you and gentlemen, never,
3: never, no. Oh.
0: <laughs> Josh Roca. Hey, 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 hey,
3: hey, Josh. Guys.
0: Appreciate you Josh, thanks for coming on, man. Whether you're working from home or working on your fitness, you want what you're listening to to be what you're listening to. Not what your roommates or family are listening to. Now's the perfect time to get a pair of premium wireless earbuds. and Raycon is the way to go. Raycon started about half the price of other premium brands on the market and they sound just as amazing. And Raycon's everyday E25 earbuds are their best model yet. You get six hours of playtime, seamless Bluetooth pairing, more bass, and a more compact design that gives you a comfortable, noise isolating fit, perfect for conference calls, video chats, or binging podcast raycon was co-founded by ray j and celebrities like cardi b and jr smith have already given raycons their seal of approval now it's your turn to see what the hype is all about get 15 percent off your order at buyraycon.com slash pat that's buyraycon.com slash pat for 15 percent off raycon wireless earbuds buyraycon.com slash pat 50 NFL executives and personnel Mm -hmm. were polled by ESPN for their top 10 quarterbacks in the NFL. So whenever it says 50 NFL executives, coaches, and scouts to rank top 10 QBs for 2020, how many NFL executives, how many NFL coaches, and how many bottom-tier-ass scouts were asked, we don't know, okay? Because there's a scout could be literally anything in the end. But that's like, if you're trying to get in the front office world, a scout is how you get in there. You're like, uh, you're this type of scout, regional scout, this type of scout. And some of those scouts are treated very poorly, I'd assume, and don't get a lot of real work. But, Let's assume that this is a legit list of people who have good football minds, all right? And I'm not knocking scouts. Scouts are a vital piece of information, but scouts that are listening to this know that there are some scouts that are literally just there because they know somebody and this is a job that they have to have. Now, maybe in 10 years they'll be good, but it's just, you know, the game. So you don't know who was... Asked this question But the top 10 quarterbacks That they came out with I think Is a pretty solid list And I'll tell you what Makes Good Gutekunst Look even dumber <laughs> The 50 NFL executives That were polled by ESPN Had Patrick Mahomes At number one That's the half a billion dollar Quarterback I think everybody on earth Has agreed with that What he has been able to accomplish next level the throws he makes he extends plays he seems to be like the the perfect guy off the field as well it makes no sense that patrick mahomes was created and the fact that he is going to dominate the nfl for the next what 10 years with andy Reid's big beautiful mind and veach over there building the roster unless they run into cap problems patrick mahomes the nfl is grateful thankful and thanking god every single day that patrick mahomes has come into their league number two russell wilson also young will play for a long time seattle seahawks had the legion of boom which was leading Do a lot of wins They win a Super Bowl Go to another Super Bowl And then all of a sudden The contract to Russell Wilson happens Everybody gets upset See you later Gotta get out of here Earl Thomas is flipping off Pete uh, Carroll But Russell Wilson has maintained the course Same, Same guy Willed them to a lot of victories And if they get Antonio Brown Which is possible I'll be excited to see what Russell Wilson becomes And at number three An older man the oldest man at this level, obviously, Aaron Rodgers. 50 NFL executives, coaches, and scouts said, uh, out of the top 10, I put Aaron Rodgers probably number three overall, even though he's 36 years old. Uh, even though they drafted his replacement already, we think he's number three. In the world at what huh. he does. It would be crazy if he had a team around him like Patrick Mahomes has, like Russell Wilson has. And there's another guy, number four, Deshaun Watson. Nobody knows what his ceiling is at this mm-hmm. point. He was magical last year. He was able to make some plays, win some games. He that spin move out of a tackle, deep ball that he threw was just absolutely insane. I think his upside is next level. And you got to remember Dabo Sweeney, Donna Clemson said if you don't draft Deshaun Watson, you don't draft Michael Jordan. What are you doing? Will well, Studes ruin his career. <laughs> Deshaun Watson lost his number one wide receiver, which a lot of people, I think, if they did one of these lists would put him in the top three wide receivers in the NFL. Get him the hell out of town for a bag of balls. What would Deshaun Watson be able to do next week next year? We will find out. Drew Brees, number five, very interesting. I thought at his age, maybe that people would kind of turn their back on him. But Sean Payton and Drew Brees have been quite a pairing. They get a lot of things done. Will Drew Brees' arm make it an entire season? Remember, last year had a five game break, and the arm still had a little pop at the end of mm-hmm. it the year before that end of the season seemed like the ball was breaking up a little bit how would drew Brees correct that number six lamar jackson a man who's already won an mvp he wins a super bowl look out for another monster, yeah. monster 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 deal will lamar jackson be able to repeat what he did last year which was make people look absolutely stupid number seven tom brady finally has weapons too that's who knows what <laughs> yeah. he's gonna do number seven quarterback in the nfl at the age of 42 three 43 mm-hmm. and now he has a receiver core that is fit for a king uh, down there in Tampa with Bruce Arians uh and and Clyde Christensen that offense that has been around a long time Carson Wentz at 8 he willed the Eagles to win some games last year put the team on his back when everybody was hurt he has not won a super bowl though has a super bowl ring has not won a super bowl gets hurt on regular basis cuz he is young not his fault I think he is a potential Clydesdale going forward, by the way. Big dude, driven guy, understands that everybody in Philadelphia is like, well, you got to win one for us since Nick Foles does. I think his future is very bright. Number nine, Dak Prescott. Will he sign a franchise tag, only has a few days to do so, less than a week. And number 10, I'm um, the Detroit Lions with a broken frickin' back, Matthew Stafford. Here we go. I love that. I like the Stafford's getting a little bit of love there. Mm-hmm. That's a good list. I like that list. Who's left off there? Ben Burger's given no love. Mm-hmm. Cam Newton's given no love. Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan's giving no love. Philip Rivers. Teddy Bridgewater, Bridgewater, Bridgewater. Garoppolo. Nick Foles. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky's not left off that list. No. He was, yeah. No, well, he was left, yeah. It's but like magic. Out, yeah. It wasn't like a, whoa, what? You know? No. No. Yeah, no. I said yeah, I think
1: they got it right. Yeah, they got it right. Yeah, It's funny it's that good. you mentioned Gukunst, though, because uh, I assume Rogers would probably be one or two if he wouldn't have ranked in, like, 30th and 35th. <laughs> uh,
0: Tiger Woods tweets that he will be in a tournament next week. Yeah. I believe it's the Memorial Golf Tournament. Yeah. 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 Tiger Woods Woo. is back. He tweeted, I'm looking forward to playing in the Memorial Golf next week. I've missed going out and competing with the guys and can't wait to get back out there. If you do recall, if you... Jog back in the old memory bank. Tiger Woods was maybe playing his best golf he has ever played when he and Peyton Manning beat the hell out of Phil Mickelson and Tom Brady. Every single fairway. They're like, well, that's his course. Still got to put the ball. He was putting the ball exactly where he wanted to put the ball. He looked like the Tiger of old. Plus, he got some wins last year. He's got tiny little legs, which I never would have expected mm-hmm. watching him golf in shorts for the first time during that match, too. But damn, it looked like Tiger Woods was all the way back, and I can't wait to see him go out there and dominate. I don't know what his odds are for victory. I believe Brooks Kepka is also coming back next week so this could be a good tournament next week. I believe he has won the more Memorial five times, so it's in a, a, a tournament he enjoys. Yeah, it's a course that's set up for Tiger Woods mm-hmm. Strengths, which is it's big and there's holes on it. <laughs> <laughs> Tiger Woods is back. Well said. Uh, thank you. I mean, that's all you need to know. <laughs> so, so, is there so, holes on the course? Oh, yeah, so, Tiger Woods will find them. Oh, it's a golf course? That Tiger, Tiger Woods will find them. I'm so pumped he's back. He's good for golf. Yes. Uh, he's also going to take on the Meathead the man who put on 75 pounds, who allegedly drinks nine protein shakes a day, went from number 34 in the tour in driving distance to number one through one quarantine. The super nerd, Bryson DeChambeau, is on a terror right now. And the rest of the PGA has to look out for it. What do you do when you got something on terror? You bring a tiger in to slay that thing. Mm -hmm. The bigger the the piece of meat, by the way, the more hungry the tiger gets. Yeah. That's insane there. Any other sport, by the way, the entire world would be questioning what happened here. You know, yeah. Everybody on earth would be like, so you're saying he drank protein shakes and this is what happened? He, all of a sudden, his swing speed got faster and his ball connection got better and he put on 40 pounds just from protein shakes and working out. That seems to be be a bit suspicious, but not in golf. Golf's gentleman's game. This yeah. guy mm-hmm. would call his own penalty if he put his club down in sand behind there. Yeah. That is what golf is. So you just assume that that's not happening, but what a come up here for D. Chambeau, he is slaughtering the golf ball and he looks like he is not slowing down anytime soon will tiger come down and slay the meathead that is what people tiger meathead memorial golf tournament (laughs) tiger's backyard basically winning five times who comes out alive nobody knows of a promo yeah, well, I don't know if they'll use that because I just basically alluded to a guy <laughs> using steroids at this point. I'm not the only one, by the way. There's been some other people, I guess. who I have. think
1: that's the natural train of thought.
0: If you're in sports. I mean, we talked to David Sampson, um, Marlins president or whatever, and this is two shout-outs to David Sampson, by the way, which he'll hear that. He'll, he'll come. Yeah. I, By the way, electric factory. Oh, yeah. David Sampson. Absolutely. President of the Marlins. And I asked him about that steroid era, and I asked Eucaly and Sean Casey about that steroid era, and they said that they think it got blown out of control. Like, not everybody was on it as everybody expected, but you would see a guy come back in the offseason. He'd be 30 pounds heavier with muscle and hitting the ball better, and they're like, oh, so you had quite an offseason, it seems like. DeChambeau literally just did that exact same thing. Mm-hmm. I assume the entire baseball community is like, oh, that guy just did a, uh, that guy just did a Mark Inquire right there. Look at that guy, little Sammy Sosa there hitting bombs. By the way, much more interesting golf when somebody's hitting it 400 yards. He's getting lower scores. He's probably going to make a lot of money. All the benefits to potentially do that are there for Bryson DeChambeau, But golf is a gentleman's game. He doesn't do that. Mm -hmm. He didn't do that. He just nine protein checks. Class, class, class. He would not do that. Could be long gone summer 2.0. I mean, we don't know. Tiger might come back and hit the ball 450 yards. I just don't think he'll be able to do that with those tiny little calves that he has. (laughs) He's got Evan Foxy-like calves. I'm not 100% sure at this age he'll be able to do that. But his ball control right now is like it was back in the day. He's hitting fairways. That's all you need to know. If if he hits fairways... Because he's the the best iron player of all time, obviously. Because Mm -hmm. Tiger legitimately, even when he was good, didn't hit fairways. He was was like a scrambler almost, Mm -hmm. which was very... Best scrambler of all time. Which I think is what made people enjoy him even more because he looked like now granted he was like 100 yards further than the normal golfer but when you go golfer and you spray it into the trees or it goes up and and you still bring the driver out by the way you don't get scared and go to you know an iron or a three wood or something like Mm -hmm. that if you grew up on a golf course hybrid even and and do stuff like that he didn't get scared of that driver he still brought it out and that ball went everywhere he was able to do it right now it feels like he is shaping his shots again I remember when that little golf tracker thing was invented (laughs) watching Tiger's ball on that thing whenever he hit a good one and then he did the the club twirl, the oh, driver yeah. twirl, pick up before it even went. It was amazing, and then you see those other ones that were like, whew, gone, ball's gone. If he's controlling his shot, oh, mm. and that golf ball tracker thingy is going right down the middle, like it was for that match too. Look out, meathead! Mm. It doesn't matter how many protein shakes you're drinking. Mm. You got a tiger on your ass, and he's coming hard. Also, wow. if he putt,
1: wow. if he puts the way he did, he may go 40 oh. under this. You know, I mean, I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. Mm. So
0: we all think Tiger Woods win next week. Yeah, yeah right, so. Or Ricky Fowler. Or Ricky. Yeah. French show. show, Ricky Fowler. All right, all right. All right, all right. That was it. That's the show. Another Friday has arrived. Another work week in the books. Do we have more answers or more questions at this point? Who knows? Who knows? Let's keep our blinders on and go ahead and enjoy this ride and figure things out as we go. Remember, there's always positive stuff around if you look for it. Just right now, it might be a little bit more difficult to find. But I think on the other side of this whole thing, we're going to be a much better place. And together. And hopefully enjoy the fuck out of each other a little bit more. You know? Get out there. When the social distancing rules go away. Hey! Hey! We're going to be socially close. All right, I got nothing. Um, I, I am excited to get back into crowds. Like, I, for my entire life, do not like being in crowds. I don't mind being in front of them, not scared of large. Just don't like being completely surrounded by humans. Kind of a phobia of mine. But I can't wait to get back into public places. I can't wait to get out and see you guys. Definitely going to have to set up a tour at some point. I feel like we probably all feel the exact same way. But we will dodge, duck, dip, dive, and dodge our way through this thing, as we've done now for, what, three and a half, four months? Have the best weekend of your entire life. Cheers. Ty, please hit some independent music, from all of us, by the way, from all of us, Ty, myself... All the rest of the boys, our significant others, our families, we appreciate the fuck out of you. Ty, please play some independent music.